This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Tara, as you know, I've been going back to therapy and I absolutely love it. You've been going back to therapy too, right? Oh yeah, I went back to therapy and I went back to BetterHelp as well. Did you really? And how's that working out for you? I love it because there's so many therapists to choose from on there. Whatever you need, you could just go through a list. I went through a list the other day, just seeing what they had to offer. There was one with PTSD. There's so many great therapists. I mean, I believe there's over 30,000 different therapists that are on their app and you can communicate with them with video conferencing. You can do messages and communicate with your therapist. It's a very personalized experience, which I really love. Oh yes. I texted with a therapist the other day and I'm never tried that out before and I was like oh because I was typing it out with her processing through it and usually I get angry when I type stuff out but I was like oh I was able to process it and work through it in a new way and you know what in a season of giving what better gift than to give yourself the gift of therapy in the season of giving give yourself what you need with better help Visit BetterHelp.com slash Survivor today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Survivor. Trigger warning. This podcast discusses themes centered around emotional, physical, and sexual violence. While the stories of the survivors are meant to be inspiring and informative, listener discretion is advised. If you're struggling with any of the aforementioned issues, Links to resources can be found in the show notes of today's episode. No, it didn't. It didn't go that far. Um, but there were definitely people who didn't believe it was true. Absolutely. And I couldn't really talk about it until he was convicted, which took nine months. So I had to kind of set that part of it, that the crime part of it aside. I think by him staying in jail and never getting out people started to realize that oh this must be you know this must be true hi survivors i'm tara newell and i'm collier landry and this is the survivor squad podcast gobble gobble yay <laughs> what was that oh it's a turkey a turkey because I have my little turkey sitting next to me oh and today's thanksgiving and i also have a stuffed turkey as well so i have the turkey marisol my little turkey chihuahua and she has my stuffed turkey with her which i've had ever since i was a kid which is probably going to be destroyed by the end of the day i'm sure how do you feel about that then i don't know i mean she's just so cute but she is very destructive <laughs> i mean she can get into anything yes yes and you know, speaking speaking of complicated holiday dynamics you know today is a day where many people are celebrating with their family or maybe without their family or are separated from their family or have lost their family and one of the things that we wanted to discuss in today's episode is trauma during the holidays yeah i don't know if you know about this i think i mentioned it maybe like a hundred times to you but yes you have some thanksgiving trauma right mm -hmm. i was kicked out of thanksgiving because of john and john john being who John, Dirty John Meehan, you know that guy? Yeah, that, that guy. person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So eight years ago today, I was disinvited. And then we didn't spend Thanksgiving the year after together because of John as well. But we did like a weird family dinner at a restaurant a couple days beforehand because he had to go on a trip with my mom somewhere. So it was just... I stopped getting invited to Thanksgiving 
for a couple years because of him and I had a big fallout with him the day before Thanksgiving. I bought all the food, everything that got me disinvited to Thanksgiving two years in a row, you know? And I remember seeing this in the show, Dirty John, and I remember, I, I sort of remember the scene, you being kicked out of the house or whatever, your character. And I thought, okay, so he basically had, you know, his hooks. So how long was he in your life for, in your mom's life? Like, two, three years? He was in her life for around like two and a half years, I believe. Okay. So they meet each other September 2014. And then she moves into the Balboa house in November 2014. Thanksgiving happens. We have our fallout. Then the year after 2015, no more Thanksgiving, weird dinner with the family at Fleming's restaurant. Okay. And then he's out of the picture after that. So he was pretty destructive for a long time then. Oh, yeah. No, he really drove a hole through my family, even my whole life. Like, I realize whenever someone is mean to me anything or just not appropriate in any way or just like giving me any like distance i have to look into it and i think it's all stemming from the fact that john was this person and i feel like i can't trust anyone because if he was this person then i have to look into everything and because that's what kept me safe but i have to try to reverse that because there are a lot of good people in this planet so what are some of the ways, you know, I mean, obviously this is a work in progress and you're in therapy and you've done EDMDR and all these things, but what are some ways that you work through your triggers on the holidays? I usually bring my dog. This year I'm not bringing my dog, but I'm bringing you. So you're a safe person. <laughs> well, I mean, I might as well be a dog, you know, so. Like a golden retriever. <laughs> And I'm a golden retriever. Well, I think you're like a poodle. You're really smart. Yeah, but. Just not the curly hair. Just not the curly hair. <laughs> That's good to know. In all seriousness, a lot of people go through trauma during the holidays. And obviously not everybody's memory is, as I always like to say, good times and noodle salad. So yes, how do you know, what are some ways that you can offer for someone to cope with what they're dealing with during the holidays? If they're feeling rejected by their family, because this is a big family holiday. Thanksgiving, I feel like, at least in the United States, is a big like family holiday. Like, let's get together and eat, you know? I definitely deal with it with bringing my supportive person or my supportive dog. If you don't have that, I think it's good to bring some essential items with you. Maybe something that you use as comfort, maybe like a stone or a rock if you like that type of stuff. Or you could bring literally like an essential oil. You can also make sure that you take breaks. Literally just going on walks, being like, I forgot something from the car. I need to go get it. Go take a walk. Go do you. So are you saying that maybe people should bring power crystals and then go on power walks? <laughs> <laughs> if that's your thing, yeah, do it. Because to be honest with you, a power walk during the Thanksgiving day because um there i have some statistics i want to read to you and according to the united states calorie control council the ccc an average american may consume a whopping 4500 calories and 229 grams of fat on thanksgiving day so remember that that based on a recommended daily caloric intake for an average person is around 2000 calories per day and a typical adult who spends their thanksgiving day consuming that many calories 
needs to spend about 10 hours at a steady pace on a treadmill to burn off their average Thanksgiving meal. Like crazy? That lasts like a whole day. <laughs> That's like a whole day. So I think that little power walk of getting, you know, take your crystal outside. What do you, what do you do? You cleanse the crystals in the salt water in the ocean. So go and cleanse your crystals in the ocean if you can and go for a power walk on the beach and uh, work off some of those 4,500 Thanksgiving calories. Uh, yeah, but you have to be careful with the crystals that you bring in the ocean. You can't, you can't bring in the cellulite sticks and the cellulite crystals because those will just eat up. One time I did that and then I was like, oh. Do they dissolve in salt water? Yeah. Oh, and like, okay. Someone gave me like a $700 like crystal like cellulite ball. And, and it disappeared? Almost. Oh, that's crazy. I don't know a lot about like crystals. I was just sort of being cheeky and making <laughs> making a joke. I hear you're supposed to wash them in the ocean. But let me give you some more facts on Thanksgiving Day. Okay, back so, to your facts. So did you know that the, that Americans ate about 15 pounds of turkey per person in 2021? That was spread over the entire year. Now, an average of one pound of that was consumed on Thanksgiving Day. So I think for me, I feel like that's a very conservative estimate because I love turkey and I probably eat about twice that. But data from the U.S. Poultry and Egg Association says that Americans consume more than 45 million turkeys on Thanksgiving compared to 22 million at Christmas and 19 million on Easter, which I find really interesting because I always thought like the Easter thing was like a ham and not a turkey. But, you know, half of all turkeys in eaten in the United States are consumed on Thanksgiving Day. And only male turkeys, appropriately named gobblers, actually make that gobble gobble sound. The female turkeys cackle instead. Did you know that? I did not know that. And I'm an animal person. And you are an animal person. Yeah. Did you know that, that chihuahuas and minpins also cackle too? I, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> and this is another statistic that I don't really believe because my okay. God, I eat like way too much sugar and, and stuff during the holidays. But it says the average person gains one pound between Thanksgiving and Christmas, which I find really hard to believe. I think I gained like five pounds. <laughs> I think I gained like one pound on Thanksgiving and on Christmas. That's what I think I gained. <laughs> but on average... Americans purchase about 250 million pounds of potatoes, as well as 77 million pounds of ham during the Thanksgiving week. That's wild. I think there's, what, 350 million Americans in the United States? So that 250 million pounds, like that's about a pound or three quarters of a pound per person of potatoes alone. That's wild. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, all this is mind boggling. It really is. And did you also know <laughs> that around 50 million pumpkin pies are consumed every Thanksgiving. And 36% of people eat pumpkin pie for dessert on Thanksgiving, even though opinion polls show that apple pie is America's favorite pie. Oh, I wonder why apple pie is America's favorite pie. I don't know. It's my favorite pie. Really? You know, apples are good for you. They say, you know, apple a day keeps the doctor away. I just don't know if he was thinking when he said that about apple pie. But you know. Yeah. And interestingly enough, the recipe for pumpkin pie has mostly stayed the same in the past 200 years. Cookbooks dating back to the late 1700s contains recipes similar to the modern method. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's some of your uh, interesting Thanksgiving Day facts. Also, one for me, tradition of watching and playing football on Thanksgiving began in 1876, just right after the invention of the actual sport. Oh, fun. Call your loves is football. Well, I enjoy my sports. I mean, you know, I'm not obsessed with it, but I am, but I do enjoy my sports. Well, it's just really funny that I find a lot of little girls are going to be watching football this year and being like, 
I'm into football because, you know, Travis Kelsey. Who they don't even know as a player. They just know because of Taylor Swift. But they just played on Monday Night Football. You know, they're still going to be into it because they're going to be into football players now. I guess. So we discussed a little bit about your your holiday trauma. My holiday trauma doesn't really center around Thanksgiving. My holiday trauma obviously centers around like New Year's. <laughs> so we'll get into that in a later date. We wanted to kind of reintroduce you to some of our older episodes. This is our first episode ever. This is our two-part episode with Jennifer Faison, who created the podcast Betrayal. I think they're doing a season two of the podcast as well. So um, she's got a really harrowing and amazing story that we want to share with you guys. And as we take a little break for all of us to be with our families this week, please enjoy this episode of The Survivor Squad featuring Jennifer Faison. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Everything, his Everything. life, her life, our lives. It's children's lives, the community. Yes. This is the thing that inspired me to make my film, right? Was the, you know, the consequence, and this isn't, this was just sexual violence, right? But, you know, it, it's the consequences of people's actions, of violence, of, of the, what they do, the ripple effects. It doesn't just affect you and your marriage and the girl. Like it's, it's just. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. The devastation, the destruction, how destructive these people are. That's 70 right. Other women, 70 other women yeah. are involved and, in this now. And the ones that I spoke with on the podcast, I mean, it had been, I think, three years. They were still feeling shame. They were still hurting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. From what they had experienced with this person. And yes, the adult women had a choice in all of this, but still, he was so deceptive that he made them do a lot of things that they probably never thought that they would do and feel ashamed of now. So fortunately, I think some of those talks with them helped, you know, relieve a little bit of that. Yeah. Well, I thought it was really interesting when you had on the grooming expert because it talked about how even in their situation, it was grooming itself. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are different terms for everything. And I know a lot of people were like, well, grooming is for the underage victim. You know, grooming an adult, it can't be. But whatever you want to call it, it's still manipulation. It's still lying. And yes, they had a right to consent, unlike the student did. Um, but he was still feeding them so much bullshit. 
And and he was telling them that there were problems with us. So that also kind of helped justify, I think, some of the affairs. Of course he was. Of course. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Have, I think I'm going to leave my I'm, I'm going to leave her. I'm trying to figure it out. It'll be I mean, this is what my father did. Right. You know, I'm, we're, we're separated. We're not sleeping together. Right. We're we're She's i'm gonna figure it out <laughs> uh, you know, i'm gonna figure it out mm -hmm. uh, uh just I, I you know we're estranged and there's all i think always in these situations there's always like a little seed of truth to them obviously where they'll take they take the one little kernel of like oh we're fighting because maybe you got in a fight the night before about Right. Oh, you, put the, you didn't put the ketchup away, honey. Oh, we're fighting. So that's their thing. They like they use these just little yeah. things because that helps them justify because it has to come from some sort of place of reality for them. I to guess. Sort of, yeah. I think you know my father would do that. I think uh, you know everything that I've learned in doing just this work is that there's always something that they can pull from, which adds that just slight bit of authenticity mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. makes people believe them. Yes. Isn't it crazy? It's like an actor pulling from yeah, an actor pulling from uh, an experience to play a character. That's right. Like, oh, I did. I had that situation happen. It wasn't that extreme, but I can pull from that mm -hmm. and use that to make this person, right? Yeah, believable. And and to be able to compartmentalize that much to leave in the morning with sometimes a sex date before school with some woman and then to be texting throughout the day and sending pictures and receiving pictures and then meeting someone in the afternoon to have sex with you know it, it it's just i i don't know i just don't understand it he's a regular casanova like let's have the quickie rendezvous in the and the in by the in the park behind the dumpster. I mean, like, Literally, wow. what a fairy tale! <laughs> Literally, I saw I've I found photos of no. women in his car with him doing stuff. He was in a running club, and so after they would go on their run, they only had the car, so they would. And he'd take pictures and save them and all that. That is an addiction. Yeah. Yeah. But then it crosses the line when you're involving children. Yes. Yes. And he had a daughter and a son the same age That's as this same. victim. Okay. So police come, they arrest him, and you never see him again. So, nope. And then what happens? Well, they set a $55,000 cash bond or bail, um, which, you know. You did not pay. No, absolutely yeah. not. I mean, that's a lot of money. There was no way I was going to put up the house yeah, for him. Because it would be, so if that's 10%, so it was a $500,000 bond or whatever. No, was. actually, it was $55,000 cash. Cash. But you never so that means, right? yeah, but that means you can't go and just get the 10%. That means you have to have the whole $55,000. Wow. And that, I think, is one of the biggest gifts in this whole story because yes. he never got to come back out. I never had to see him. I never had to deal with him. Um, I didn't have to worry about like, oh, is he going to get bailed out and want to come back home? It was just 
all taken away from me, which was definitely one of the best, best things that happened. Okay. So this, so <laughs> this makes me think back to my father and you were just saying, cause my father was a beloved doctor. So a lot of people didn't believe that my father could do such things. So they started sure. raising money for him. I think his was a million dollars. So, or, or five, five million, it was something absurd. Um, and so that would have been half a million that would have had to been come up with. Uh, and I think they raised like 80,000 or something, his patients. So his patients. Yeah. 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 So did you, do you think that like, so he was never released? Uh, he's been in custody since the day he was arrested. Now did, did the, because you said that he was so loved teacher of the year, did the community, did people in the community say, there's no way Mr. Spence could do this. Did they try to do fundraisers and bake sales and, oh, we're going to get him out? I mean, was that? No, it didn't. It didn't go that far. Um, but there were definitely people who didn't believe it was true. Absolutely. And I couldn't really talk about it until he was convicted, which took yeah. nine months. So I had to kind of set that part of it, that the crime part of it aside. I think by him staying in jail and never getting out, people started to realize that, oh, this must be, you know, this must be true. Bailing him out. Nobody's really coming to his rest. That's right. That is that is the silver lining in all of this. Yes. Because then you didn't have to deal with him. The community didn't have a predator out. That's right. And people saw the forest for the trees, mm -hmm. is what it sounds like. There, mm -hmm. was, there was no, you know, these people are so good. They're Svengali's, right? They're so good at what they do. Yeah. That I just would have thought that you know, people would have been rallying. He would have been out. Then you were dealing with the monster all over again. That's, yeah. That's, and nine months, that's pretty swift, especially nowadays. That's pretty quick to... It so, seemed so long. Of course, of course. I mean, my father's trial was, so it took six months for him to be convicted, but that was 1990. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, Tara, as you know, I've been going back to therapy and I absolutely love it. You've been going back to therapy too, right? Oh yeah, I went back to therapy and I went back to BetterHelp as well. Did you really? And how's that working out for you? I love it because there's so many therapists to choose from on there. Whatever you need, you could just go through a list. I went through a list the other day, just seeing what they had to offer. There was one with PTSD. There's so many great therapists. I mean, I believe there's over 30,000 different therapists that are on their app and you can communicate with them with video conferencing. You can do messages and communicate with your therapist. It's a very personalized experience, which I really love. Oh yes. I texted with a therapist the other day and I'm never tried that out before and i was like oh because i was typing it out with her processing through it and usually i get angry when i type stuff out but i was like oh i was able to process it and work through it in a new way and you know what in a season of giving what better gift than to give yourself the gift of therapy in the season of giving give yourself what you need with better help Visit BetterHelp.com slash Survivor today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Survivor. So that, I mean, you know, this is, this happened when? When, when was 2018. Yeah. So, I mean, you think. He's only no been out of powers. prison. So, so he's, he's out. out now? He is out. Um, he got out. I believe it was August of last year. So August of 2022. 
And um, he's just out living his life like a normal person. I mean, he'll it'll forever be changed because he's on a sex offender registry. He's on parole. But he's the type of person that, um, I don't know how you describe it, but they just can like make a good life out of anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. They're a chameleon. They can fit into oh. anything. They can make anything out of anything. Yeah. They're just like crafty. They use their craft in a different way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you ever see? Mm-hmm. Did you ever see talented Mr. Ripley? Yes, a hundred times. Hundred times. <laughs> yeah. And I just remember the end. Gwyneth Paltrow looks at at him and just says, "I just, I just don't think that there's you know, for, there's ever been a." A, a sunny a rainy day for you has there or something something to that effect yeah and you're just and it's just chilling when she says it just realizing that you're he's just such a good manipulator that that yeah it always comes up roses yeah it's it's true and it's, it's it true makes your stomach turn yeah uh where is he now um I think he's living with his brother, which is about an hour away from me. But um, there's a chance that he could be moving back in with his ex-wife. Oh, great. <laughs> Willful ignorance. Well, that sounds like a great situation. And that sounds really toxic for the kids, too. Of course. If it's... It's all toxic. This isn't an okay person. I mean, I spent a lot of time asking my therapist who specialized in betrayal trauma, does this sound normal? Am I making this into something? Are you gaslighting yourself? Right, (laughs) right. Like, is it really not that bad? And, you know, she has assured me like, yeah, this is a pretty extreme case. Well, I'm like, you sound normal, though, because you sound trusting. You sound like you have a secure attachment, you know. So you didn't get into this, like, being unhealthy, just saying that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, one of the reasons that I I love the description of y'all's podcast is that you talk about the triumphs and challenges of survivors, And there are triumphs, but there's also a lot of challenges. And it takes a long time to overcome something like this. And and again, this is just me speaking for me, because this is the person that I trusted with my security, with protection, with everything. The last person I ever thought that would betray me so i've gone through that experience and i try not to compare things but you know what the student went through to have this teacher prey on her and she'll have to live with this for the rest of her life you know that that's my heart goes out to her she she's the hero in the story because she's the only one that came forward out of the 60, let's say there were 60 different women that he adults. was involved with. Adults. adults. Yes. And the child 
the child came forward. Yeah. I know that feeling very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, where do you get that bravery? What, what does that come from? It's right. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Children, I think, when I think back to myself, uh, it's not, and I wouldn't say it's ignorance or anything like that. It's, it's when you're a child, when you, there's no con, the, like you understand that the consequences of not doing the right thing far outweigh the consequences of, of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you understand. And that's the, and I talk a lot about this when I like speak or, or, you know, especially like to young people is, is the, the, like the, the look, you have to look yourself in the mirror every day, the rest of your life. So you need to make good decisions because you, that person's not going to go away. <laughs> you know, I mean, for a healthy person, like that person's not going to go away and you have to be, do something that says, I can look myself in the mirror, no matter how hard it is right now, you're going to be better off for it. I don't regret anything at 30 years later, almost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More than 30 years later. Um, so I, so there, very interestingly, I received a letter from a, from someone who has correspondence with my father and it was dated. It was around the time my film came out. It was November, 2018. And he wrote something and I haven't read the entire letter. I just pulled it out of an envelope and I saw this little excerpt and he was talking about how he saw me on Dr. Phil talking about my story and how I betrayed him and the family. And how I'm in there making a money grab right. to betray and ask this person, would your son have betrayed his father like this? This is a man who murdered my mother, who I heard do it, then tried to kill me. Oh and I'm God. the reason why he got caught. I mean, you'll see the documentary, but it's basically, I will. I, you know, I, I don't want to revisit that. But he's right where he belongs. He's still incarcerated. He'll be 80 this year. Um, and... I guess my question is with Spence, do you have anything gotten back to you? I mean, obviously this was a very successful podcast. This is, you're doing other things with it. I'm sure there's a book, you know, that did you ever get any feedback of like, Oh, look at this, look at this woman. Look at she, Yeah. She got rich. Look at Jen. Yeah. She's getting oh, yeah. rich off me. People think podcasts make money. <laughs> it's oh, like, no, but yeah, oh, no, absolutely. Oh, oh no, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody, we're all rolling in dough. I mean, oh, just, I became a millionaire. No, I tell, I tell them, I tell them too. I said, if you guys can find my father thinks I made $1.6 million off of my, off of my documentary. And I, and I literally want to say to him, if you find that, I will split it. Right. <laughs> Eight, right. grand on your commissary books right now, bro. Yeah. That because will last him forever. It would, it would, it, 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 and I'll do it with a smile on my face. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is so far <laughs> exponentially. I mean, it's just, it's, it's insane, but. And that's but I, okay but though. But, but it was really, it's, it, yeah, you don't do it for the money. You do it. I did it for the, I wanted to, to change one person. I wanted to heal yes. myself and change one person's life. Yes. But the thing that I, what I'm getting at is. Does he, the indignance of these people, would he come back and say, look at her, look at Jen getting rich off me. Oh, uh, look at her off my trauma. Look at what, what was done to me. And they, they play the victim role. Did that happen? 
Well, so the last episode of the podcast, I speak with him while right before he was released from prison. Okay. And he still takes no responsibility in what he's done. I think he has somehow he pardon? Was he was he set up? No, he wasn't set up, but it was consensual. Like I said before, all these women came on to him. He never went after them. That was his story. Do you think he really believes that or do you think it's something he just tells people? I I really think that he is trying to convince himself of all of this stuff so that he doesn't realize what a terrible person he is for doing this. Yeah. You, you, when you see my film, you're going to feel right at home. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I swear to God, you're going to listen to my father because I confront him in prison. Oh, you oh, did? It's, oh, it's the, it's, the, it's the grand finale of the, right. of the whole thing. Because I spent, I became, I became a filmmaker to tell the story. There's a whole reason I have a career here. I literally left my small town. I want to go where nobody knows me. 2,000 bucks in my pocket. I'm going to go figure it out. I don't know a single person, and that's the best thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to figure out a way to become a filmmaker and tell this story and, and do this and do make art. and do, You know what I mean? Right. To heal myself and help other people. Yes, and, all and of it. so that became a thing. But, but it all, I mean, I teed it all up because I had a relationship with him for 26 years prior mm-hmm. to going into the, to, to going into the prison and working with the production facility in the prison that did all the production work for the state of Ohio to be able to, to be able to, to, to get a hold in there. So, okay, I can, I, I know I can film in here. I know I have mm-hmm. a good rapport with people. And, and again, the, the level of denial, like when you see it, you'll go, oh, that's, that's gotta be Spence. I, but you said it was consensual. It was consensual. So what does he say about sleeping with a, a minor? No, that's what he was talking about. That's unbelievable to me. Yeah. But don't you understand that's a child? Right. They can't consent. (laughs) They cannot consent. They don't know what they're doing. I'm sorry. I I mean, I didn't know what I was doing at that age. No. And if some, you know, handsome 49-year-old teacher when I was 15, 16 years old told me that, like, he's never felt this way. I, I mean... I remember what I was like as a high school student. It's so impressionable. And you want attention. And, and but yeah, he doesn't. Um, I don't think he holds himself responsible for much no, of it. Of course not. Yeah. And, and, and he's basically just said, I, I hope everybody just moves on. Oh, yeah. It's very convenient, right? Until you marry a reality TV producer. <laughs> I hope everybody moves on. Oh, can just, we all just move on? I just love the fact that both of you guys have narrated and produced your story because that's something that I haven't been able to do. And I think that that's really just encouraging. And I think that that's where true crime needs to start their standards at mm-hmm. because for you guys to go through the narrative, it's even a different healing process, I feel. That that makes sense, yeah, because you were more, I feel like, interviewed for the Dirty John podcast. Well, it was it, supposed to be a series of newspaper uh, articles, so it was just 
Christopher Gar- Garfield or Garfield <laughs> Christopher Gothard was recording it just for the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Like none of it was supposed to be a podcast. Isn't it crazy how that happens? Yeah. Yeah. Now you talk about a podcast that made millions. Oh yeah, Tara, you must be rolling in it. <laughs> Apparently yeah. the internet says I have 3.5 million and I'm like, oh, I would really appreciate that when I'm overdrafted. <laughs> <laughs> right? She's, when I'm trying to buy guys, groceries. <laughs> she's also willing to split that with whoever finds that. Right, 50, right. 50. <laughs> I know. I, I've heard, you know, oh, she did it for revenge. She did it for the money. She's exploiting these people. Nope. Nope. You did it to move on. I did it to heal and move on and try to help others heal and just to make somebody else out there listening feel less alone. Yeah. Because don't you guys feel like you feel really alone when you go through something like this? 100%. I thought I was the only person with like a true crime story out there until I started meeting like other people like Collier and Lenora Claire and then I started meeting other people and I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one where it's kind of funny because it knocks you off of your ego in a sense, but then you're also like, oh, I have this community. Yeah. 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 You know, it's just that feeling of isolation and like, can anybody understand what I'm going through? And did anybody get through something like this? Yes. So yeah. when you, you can find those stories of healing and of survivors, it just gives you, it, it empowers you. Yes, it does. Yes, yeah. it does. I agree. Look at all of us. We took our narrative back. Yeah. You know, that's, that's huge. Have you forgiven him? That's an interesting question. Um, Do I forgive him? That's like, no, I I don't. He consciously did this. He knew he had an issue when he asked me to marry him, when he asked me to come to Georgia, when we were living under the same roof and we had become a family. He consciously made a decision every single day to betray our our relationship and to do sinister things, sinister acts. So I don't, I don't hate him, but I, I know this is going to probably have a lot of people yelling at me, but I, I don't forgive him. No, I don't. I, not because I'm holding on to it. It's just, he made a huge mistake, many of them. And I, I don't know. I just, no, I, I can't say that, oh, it's okay. Yeah. It's not. Well, that's yeah. okay because that's your choice. And that's your healing process and it's no one else's. Yeah. And I don't, I, I'm not stuck in this unforgiving place. No, no. Yeah. I've moved on. I just... You know, he doesn't deserve it. It's, no, it's interesting. Yeah. You, well, the, the, that's sort of where I argue to with the, you know, 
and, and people are going to excoriate you one way or the other. If you forgive them, you're, they'll excoriate. If you don't, then, you right. know, I, because I, I, for a long time, you know, people said, do you forgive him? I said, yeah. They said, well, how can you do that? How can you go through that? I said, because it's not about him. <laughs> it's about me. Mm -hmm. Like just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you accept what they did. Right. You 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 somehow it, it somehow it 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 makes it all okay. <laughs> um, you you exonerate them. You say, oh, it's water under the bridge. You just go. This will no longer have power over me. Right. So you might not be saying to me that you don't. You you're saying I don't forgive him, but you have because you've literally said this has no power over me. Yes. And that is forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah, because you have to, and I think it, it, a lot of people so so often mistake th those two things that forgiveness is somehow acceptance or, or yeah. acknowledgement of like, oh, it's okay. No, it's not okay. Right? You're terrible. You're a terrible person, and I don't like you. Yeah. But I forgive you because this yeah. has not. This is I've moved on. <laughs> like, and maybe that's part of it. I just don't want to ever condone the behavior. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And you're not, you're not by saying that, but I get, mm -hmm. I, because you have, you've done the work enough to say, you might not call forgiveness, but you've been like, I'm releasing this yeah. from me. Just yeah. as you're like, oh, he's moving in with his wife and oh, look, he's always lands on his feet. There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, fall out of buildings all the time and somehow survive. <laughs> yeah. You never want to say forgiveness in court either towards the perpetrator because <laughs> in my grandma's case that's what got my um this guy that killed my aunt two and a half years in jail so you never want to say that in court either <laughs> that you forgive them yes oh yeah <laughs> yeah you know and it's it's again and again that not... guy let, let on his feet as well lives a great life nice big house isn't it crazy? It's insane. White picket fence. Literally. White picket fence. Yep. Crazy. No acknowledgement of the destruction that they've done to their two sons, the destruction to the family. None of it. No. No accountability. No, no responsibility. Nope. And that's the saddest part of everything. Yes, it is. I think I feel like had he in that last conversation I had with him said yes, I realize I have serious problem. I'm going to get as much help as I can because I know that when I get out, you know, there could be those temptations there or anything like there's none of that. None of it. None of it. And without even realizing that you have an issue, how are you ever going to overcome it? Yeah. They don't want to. Yeah. Well, they don't it's... want to. My father still blames me. Blames me. you? Yeah, 100%. hundred percent. I betrayed him. <laughs> Murdered my mother. Buried her under a house oh in God. another state that his girlfriend and him bought. She forged my mother's name. I'm the one that found the house. Uh, it's <laughs> betrayal. Yeah. I'm the bad guy. So Tara, in your situation, because of what happened with John, how is it with your, did she um, blame you for destroying that relationship or anything between them? Oh, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my mom 
would be well i mean there is a point where there is you're going through i'm not sure if you felt this way but when she was going through learning everything that john was doing there was a little like jealousy in a sense where it was like oh he was with her he was with her like what about me and i i do understand that completely because your whole reality is changing in that moment where you're realizing the one true love that you thought you had is with so many other people and so now your whole world is coming down and i think that that was so hard for her to go through and Mm -hmm. see that like all these other girls are not like her either yeah you know and it's hard to kind of step away and forgive and be like oh it's all to do with him but you kind of have to go through the steps and the motions before you're like it's all him because your trust your learn your heart your brain is everything is telling you to trust him Mm -hmm. even though your reality is telling you that this is not true right now and also you know what's real I mean, suddenly, everything that you know, yeah, your life as you know it, as you've been living it, is completely just devastated. And, yeah. and your mind is like trying to figure out, wait a second, I've been living in this farce for seven years? Right. And then I don't know about you, but it was like, what is even the next step to do? What, like, where do you go from here? Mm-hmm. You're like, you're in shock and you're just like, I don't know the next steps to life even. Right. I don't know the next steps to life. That's exactly how it was. And thank goodness I had a friend who had gone through um, a cheating partner and found this betrayal trauma expert in L.A. and introduced me to her. Because putting a label on what I was going through Help me so much. I don't know how you guys feel about that, yes, but just yes. having something defined. Yes. Yeah. You're going through trauma. Or like, you know, for me, it was the trauma bonding. Understand how my mom got attached to him, even because there was resentment with her because this guy tried to kill me, and so you have to understand the full effects of what happened to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. It messes with your brain. Oh, yeah. And I don't think people realize that. But trauma literally messes with your brain. It changes the chemistry 100%. Yes, yes. <laughs> it changes the chemistry. Yes. And so, yeah, no, you're living in the four Fs. You're living in the fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. Mm-hmm. And so, or, you know, a lot of people are trying to also change the fawn response to appease response. So just making that apparent to everyone but there's the responses that you're always constantly living in now because you're now in the survival mode with everything mm-hmm. yeah 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 and you know i love what you guys are doing because you talk to different people who have who are labeled a survivor from all different circumstances One of the things that I realize is that there's not, you don't have to compare people's trauma. 
like, oh, what what she went through was so much worse than mine or what he, you know, or this. You, you don't have to compare them. I'm a survivor because I had trauma in my relationship and it wasn't the same as the student. It wasn't the same as what each of you went through, but it was my own survivor story and how I was able to deal with this this blow that happens. Yeah. Yeah, you got rug pulled. That's one of the mm -hmm. worst things is when you get rug pulled, you know, uh, in, in, in life and, and, uh, and the dis the deception the the the, the, sh you know, the shame and the uh, how why didn't i see this coming why didn't i do this you know because of course everyone's going everyone's not you know a monday morning quarterback in these situations mm -hmm. right oh she saw it come i don't believe right. her she just was too ignorant to say, oh she sees she thinks she knows everything i mean this is so, what i would have done this is what i would have done Everybody's oh really <laughs> okay <laughs> Get in my situation and tell me what you would have done. It's, it, it, it's so, it's so, you know, and it's, and it's unfortunate because I'm sitting here with two women and it's, it's always the women. It's, it's not like they, they don't align with you and go, girl, I got your back. They're like, no, I did this. And it's like, it's like, you know, that some men are absolutely no good, that some people are absolutely no good. You know, you've had that experience. How could you not see this? Oh, that didn't happen to me. And it's really because. If, if you if they start to identify with it then it really hits home that's why mm -hmm. i think that there's you know tara and i've discussed a lot with ethics and true crime it's easier not to pull the word of the day excoriate uh the survivors and the people that have made it through but put the serial killers on a pedestal yeah 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 it's no because because that is so far out of their reach you know alec murdoch's getting getting love letters in prison that's so far out of reach but, oh, it's their fault. It's this person. It's, it, oh, it's the victim's fault. It's blame the victim. And, and don't you. And, it's, and I'm tired of it. Yeah. I'm tired of it. I'm Me like, too. People say, oh, your mother knew better. Your mother stuck around for the money. Oh, your mother said, no. And it was one of the things when I made the documentary. I found out that my mother put my father through medical school. My father used to ride that. Oh, I did this for the family. Bullshit. Yeah. You're full of it. Yeah. Liar. You and know. I don't know how you guys feel, but um, a lot of these topics that that we we discuss and we've experienced get swept under the rug. Yeah, people don't want to talk about it. They just want to sweep it under the rug because it hits too close to home. Because they could go, oh, that would have been me. I see that. And deep down inside, the, the louder that they're they're chanting, oh, I wouldn't have done it. The more they're the more they're actually confirming, like, oh yeah, I would have been fucked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just see the bravery in sharing our stories. You know, um, I, I'm not I'm not yeah. gaining anything from sharing my story except hopefully somebody helping. Else. Yeah, helping someone else. Yeah. I mean, I see this a lot. You know, I, I've got up on the soapbox. I, I, you know, I, I have my own personal experience with it, right, and the shame and all that. But like when I when I see people talk to Tara, the things they say to Tara. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, and, and you know, I would say that the overwhelming support is, is, is overwhelming and supportive of all of us, right? But there are people that are like, oh, I would have done things like, oh, she should be in jail for him. She killed him. She did this and that. What, so what was she supposed to do? Just was she supposed to, to, to stand there and let him kill her? <laughs> would, that, would that have been what you would have done? Would that right. have been what you wanted your daughter to do or your son? That's right. Yeah. Oh, no? Yeah, no kidding. 
You know, and a lot of the people excoriating us as well are people I like I went back through my messages messages and I started replying to people about their stories and I had a lot of responses of don't ever contact me again um because they're still in that relationship. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so we really bring this awareness to them. And if that person's not ready to leave that relationship, they're not ready. And it sucks. Yeah. It sucks on everyone's part, guys. Yes, (laughs) it does. Yes. Yeah. But we can bring light to truth and we can talk about how hard it was to get through it. Yeah. You know, again, I come back to what you guys said, the triumphs and the challenges of being a survivor. I mean, for me, I think there's a lot more challenges than triumphs so far. (laughs) Well, I feel, I don't know for me, but I'm, or for you guys, but I'm really blessed that my trauma happened. Because of the awareness it brings and also just the community it brings. Yes. Yeah. And I was a toxic person not knowing how to cope with stuff. And then my trauma happens and then I get therapy and I get help. <laughs> I know. That's how I feel too. I mean, now I'm like, this happened to me and, and look what I did with it. I've grown yeah. so much as a person and... You know, nothing is perfect. Life is certainly not perfect. Um, But I've grown. Yes. And I also realized it wasn't my fault. I was not part of the problem. And I can't fix it. Yeah. So you have to let it go at some point. So true. Well, on that note, Jennifer, where can we find you on social media? Where can we find the podcast, The Betrayal? So Betrayal is anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, It's on Apple Podcasts. iHeart distributed it. So it's there. Anywhere you you can listen to podcasts, you'll you'll see Betrayal. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, coming from a producer background, I chose to explore some topics that I think – might have been taboo for some people. You know, I, I talked with the student, the victim. Yeah. I spoke with a couple of the women. You know, I wanted to do that myself. It really was my journey to healing. And um, I I think we captured it pretty well. I honestly thought it was really great produced. And I've heard from other people as well about the podcast and how great it was produced. So kudos to that. Well, thank you. Again, you were my inspiration. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, as I always say to Tara, we're, we are all part of a squad that no one really wants to be a part of. Oh. We're all a part of the Survivor Squad. Jennifer Faison, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys so much. On that note, survivors, have a happy and safe Thanksgiving with your family and all of your friends. And if you are alone, sending love and you know you have a family in us. Aw, that's very sweet. We're all part of the Survivor Squad Thanksgiving family. (laughs) The Survivor Squad podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. 
please subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please consider supporting this program by visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Survivor Squad.